It's sad, isn't it, when a candidate has to lie and start airing misleading negative attacks that are a projection of the very things she does? This year, that candidate is Janet Protosewitz. Janet and the money she gets from out-of-state liberals is trying to scare you about Dan Kelly. Janet and her friends don't want you to know about her 25 years of letting dangerous criminals off easy with no jail and low bail. Uh Uh-uh, Janet wants to hide her failures and her behavior by telling dirty lies about Dan Kelly. Because if you really knew her record, you wouldn't vote for her. Did you know Janet has been accused of elder abuse by family members? And it's been corroborated by others? It's true. And Janet is an extremist who has publicly said she wouldn't put her thumb on the scales of justice all the time. Really? And she wants to be a justice? So Janet, if you're listening, listen closely. We don't want a justice who projects her lies on others. We want a justice who has something you might find remarkable. Honesty. Welcome to the Cheryl and Shirley show. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be me and I'm going to be talking about issues that are going on in the area that I live in. It's going to be a little bit of a different show today. I will be talking about the school board race here in Wisconsin Rapids. I will be talking about what's been going on in the school district. I will be talking about many issues that we have found. Something that I want you all to know. All the information that I am going to share is true and it's backed by what's called open records requests. For instance, I can send open records requests to the school district here where I live, and I can find out information that maybe the school district does not want to let all of the public know about. I'm a former school board member. I served two terms in Wisconsin, elected both times. I enjoyed what I did. At the time, my son was in the school. I think it's tougher when you have kids in the school district. I'm just going to say that openly. I do want you to know that all of these, all of this information is backed by information that was obtained through open records requests collected through Wisconsin Rapids Public Schools District. And this has been done over months. The reason that I completed open records request was I am a concerned citizen and I'm concerned for my community and I'm certainly concerned for the kids here. I'm going to start off with just one thing. You're going to maybe hear me shuffle some papers only because I have to. First, I wanted to start off with just a little bit of a quote from Vince Lombardi. The only place success comes before work is in the dictionary and how true that is. I care about my community. I care about the kids. I care about where they're at right now and what's been happening here for a long time. I think blinders are on in this community. I think it's time we spoke out. And I'm certainly going to speak out pretty much anywhere I've ever been. It's been appreciated many times and sometimes it's not. There was detailed information that Mr. Broren, who happens to be the superintendent of schools here, sent out to his staff. And I'm just going to maybe read just a little bit of it. Many of you are no doubt aware of a relatively small yet active group of individuals who have made many attempts at undermining the district and the work we do with and for the kids. I've never claimed to be perfect and I know our schools and our district are not perfect, but I do know for certain that we what we do on a regular basis is simply to benefit kids to the greatest degree possible, as do the majority of the community men- members, in my opinion. I'm going to stop there because I want to address that. First of all, a small yet active group of individuals. He has active in quotation marks. It's really not a small group at all. There's a lot of individuals, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about some of those individuals. Many of them are former teachers, retired, a retired school superintendent, and a retired school psychologist. We have former school board member. We have business people. We have retired individuals from the millworks. We have retired individuals from other positions. We also have 
active business owners that are working. We have people who work in many different industries, real estate included. There's a lot of information out here that I think is very interesting. And I think that sometimes we forget there are more than just the four walls or the buildings at the schools. You have to look at outside in the community too. Many of us are caring people that really do care about where the kids are right now. So um, the superintendent here has really taken a lot of this stuff to heart. It's not personal. I told him that to his face. He, of course, did not appreciate that. He did not appreciate a couple little conversations that we had, and he actually responded, I would say, a little unprofessional. For the fifth highest paid superintendent in this state, it's shocking to me. He says, this, however, does not make dealing with this sort of thing any easier. We have had numerous requests for records over the past several months, which as a public entity, we are obligated to respond to as outlined in the state statute which is true. And there's no reason why you shouldn't give that information out. It is also worth noting that by numerous, I mean more records request in the past year than I have received in the previous 12 years that I served as superintendent combined. Well, yes, you're right. Probably. I actually did an open records request to find out uh, who's doing open records requests here. And there were people from Nevada, Milwaukee, Illinois. There were people from this area. So there are many people doing open records requests. You can say that it's just a very small yet active group of individuals. That is not true. Anyone can do an open records request if they'd like. They just need to know how to do it, where to go to find the information and how much information they need. There is information that I was trying to find out as an informed citizen and taxpayer, as it is my right. So he goes on to say, this information is then portrayed as facts in various narratives that utilize half-truths, flat-out falsehoods, and or conspiracy theories to disparage the district. I find that fascinating. None of this is half-truths. None of it is flat-out falsehoods, nor is there any conspiracy theory to disparage anyone in the district. Sometimes I think when you think someone's attacking you, you maybe take things a little bit different. Told him to his face again, there is nothing personal about this at all. Doing this because I care about the kids in this district. That's it. Flat out. Used to be 5,114 students that I cared about. Now it's 4,653 students. Amazing to me that you can be dropping in enrollment, declining enrollment, and you're not seeing that there's an issue. Even though you did a survey at the beginning of this school year in September of 2022 to find out why people were leaving the district in very large numbers, you found out there was a lot of reasons. Much of it is because of all the incidences going on. Kids do not feel safe in school. And when kids don't feel safe in school, parents don't feel safe for their kids in school. And I've heard this before. We have safe schools. That's not necessarily true, folks. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Here in Wisconsin Rapids, it's certainly not true. We did do open records requests to find out. Let's say, for instance, the year of 2021 and 2022. I beg to differ with uh, the superintendent. This is true. This is factual. And it was done through open records requests. The middle school here, 3,946 issues incidents, they call them. Some of them are major, some of them are not. By 450 students. Now there's about 930 students in the middle school. The police, the city police, sometimes the county, responded the middle school 54 times in that year. That's nine months, folks. 54 times. If I had a police officer come to my home 54 times, I would probably be in jail. I'm not saying these children need to be in jail. We need to find out what's going on. What is making the schools not safe? Why are the police having to respond? What's happening? The Lincoln High School, there were 4,400 incidences by 700 students. There's about 1,200 now, I think. There were about 1,400 students. The police responded at Lincoln High School 40 times during that time. These were records found by the incidents were done 
at the school district. And then I went ahead and did open records request at the city police department, and it was answered by the city attorney. Documented cases, they are not false. They are not conspiracy. They are not to disparage anything. What they are is to get information out so we can work as a community together and fix this. No one can fix this by themselves. the superintendent included, and I don't expect him to. What I expect him to do is to be truthful, honest, accept responsibility. The taxpayer money that pays his salary is a lot. Fifth highest paid superintendent in the state of Wisconsin. That shocks me. Our declining enrollment, our budget has gone up taxes have gone up. So I'm just letting you know the fact. And it is a political position as a superintendent of schools, and I'm aware of that. And actually, I understand his position. And I understand he feels like he's getting attacked. It's not personal. I've said this a lot all along. He does say, my primary concern centers on what may be the longer term impact and or goal of this type of behavior, this sort of behavior, which seemingly accepts to undermine public education at the local level, which historically has been quite difficult to do. How long do you remember hearing the narrative that schools are failing. I recall hearing this narrative for the last 25 to 30 years, and it has probably been around much longer than that. Well, that's interesting to have a superintendent say that to the staff, because what I would answer for that, if you've thought this narrative has been going around for 25 to 30 years, then you should be fixing it. I know for a fact here in Wisconsin Rapids, test scores, they're alarming. They're declining. They've been declining. We received the forward exam information. We went back to 2015, 2016. I think the superintendent here was hired in 2017. Third grade level. In 2015-16, there were 45%, almost 46% of the kids reading at third grade level. In 2020, 2021, it's down to 30%. So that means 70% of the kids in 2020 and 2021 are not reading at grade level. 70% in third grade. How do you think they move forward to fourth, fifth, sixth? Is their reading going to get better? Usually K through three is about where reading really becomes instrumental. It has to be effective because in order to make it in the world, you have to be able to read. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the school board, which has seven people sitting on the board. Most of those people on the board have been on there for Oh, a very long time. There is one person on there who was just elected a year ago, and there's another person who was reelected last year, and this is his second term. So he's been on there for four years. There's three of them up for reelection next year, two this year, serving on a former school board member, is that there's no self-evaluations done here for a school board. No self-evaluation because I did an open records request and asked the question because I wanted a copy of it. That was uh, sent to me by the superintendent. As far as the superintendent evaluations, which I did get a copy of the evaluation, they're called a summary here. They're not an evaluation. I will say they do follow the policy, and I call it, and I know the superintendent does not like this, my reference to his uh, summary that he gets put in his file is more like a love letter. We're going to go over a couple of them. The first one I received was December 14th of 2021. To evaluate their performance, the board gets together. And what the board does here is they talk to the board president. This is how it works here. We did an open records request asking for complete and frank discussion of all issues on written evaluation summary of Superintendent Broren, his most recent evaluation. Any notes or emails from the school board members that were documented that would have helped in creating the latest summary of the board's evaluation. Requesting the vote of all school board members in attendance for the completed evaluation signed by board president John Krings. Nothing like that. Response. 
There is none. The full board receives a copy of the final evaluation document developed by the board president, which captures the frank and open discussion held in closed session and barring any concerns raised or suggested edits, which didn't occur. This is the document that is placed into my personnel file. With regard to the vote taken for the completed evaluation, no record exists. Since the summarized narrative contained in final evaluation document is left to the board president to finalize. I find that very interesting as well. Normally, in a school board superintendent, anyone getting an evaluation, there's like a criteria, a rubric that you follow. We actually received his past evaluations from schools that he had worked at before, which did follow a rubric type of evaluation. His goals stated for 2019-20 and beyond include work throughout the district to adequately address the following areas and conversations were had around progress. Number one, equity, 21 century skills, solid tier one instruction, becoming truly student-centered, invocation, evaluate current school structure and determine alternatives to address demographics and resources long-term, develop and implement a long-range comprehensive facilities plan, including athletic fields, understand the political landscape and the circumstances under which a possible referendum will pass, establish an actionable plan to develop a levy override referendum for board approval to bring to voters, continue work on OPED compensation and retention options, continue staff outreach, listening sessions, opportunities on a variety of topics as appropriate. Continue mentoring, accountability for administrators and directors. Increase student test scores and student achievement across various demographics with a focus on social-emotional learning, mental health, and providing each individual student with what they need to be successful. Lead the approved referendum projects through to completion. Continue to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic and work closely with staff and relevant community partners to implement practices and change adapt as necessary. So as you see, the list was full of a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't. And what I think hit me the most was, number one, comprehensive facility plan, including athletic facilities, passing the referendum, worrying about making sure that we can get a referendum passed, which is exactly what they did during COVID. The year of 2020, they passed a $49 million referendum, which affects everyone's taxes. And everyone who gets a tax statement should look at their tax statement. Right underneath all of the information is, there has a little thing written there that says, voter passed. And then it tells you how much you have to pay in your taxes till 2025. And then the next line says until 2040 does raise your taxes. Even if you rent, if you lease, your landlord still has to pay taxes. We are suffering declining enrollment. Most schools are, but this one here is really a big issue. This is how they do their evaluation. There it is, folks. Pretty much this is signed by the school board president, and that is John Krings. He is a candidate for the school board. We'll be talking a little bit more about him. This is what goes into his file. So this is really not, I mean, there are no notes or anything that you can look back and see of what anyone said in that closed session. If there was anything documented by anyone, because usually when you do something like this, that's what happens. And the next one comes along. The board met December 12th, 2022 to evaluate your performance. You express that you are open to feedback and would welcome both collective and or individual input in on areas that need particular focus or improvement, which board appreciates. While COVID-19 pandemic has substantially subsized, your work to remain in contact with public health, district medical advisors, and local hospital officials to continue monitoring the situation has been helpful. Also, continued communication via district COVID dashboard into this year for our parents and community references has been useful for those interested in the topic. Some of this goes on to say, 
how they discussed progress made towards goals around increasing test scores and student achievement across various demographics with a particular focus on social emotional learning, mental health, and providing each individual student with what they need in order to be successful. Progress has been made to improve scores in most schools this year compared to last, and this will continue to remain an area of focus. Interesting, because that's not really true. Math did go up a little bit. I'll give them credit. This year, the SEL curriculum is either being piloted or implemented at all schools and to varying degrees. The impact of this curriculum being adopted will be better measured over time when it has had an opportunity to build social-emotional skill capacity in students. Interesting note here is his wife is now the social-emotional coordinator in the school district. She is an occupational therapist, and she was the only person who applied for the job, supposedly via open records request. To be noted that as the economically disadvantaged population continues to increase, student and family needs also increase. Another side note here, we keep talking about how people are economically disadvantaged, and that's pretty much everywhere to some degree because of the inflation that's in place right now. What I found out is from realtors in the area, people are not really moving out of the area. There's not a lot of houses for sale here. It's mostly people moving into the area. Maybe some of us do not have children in school any longer. I'm still paying taxes here. I'm still interested. Area indicators seem to suggest the positive changes are being made in Wisconsin Rapids area middle school, and the culture in the building is shifting to a positive direction. The board would like to see this continue. This year so far, they're still showing that we have some incidences. It says here, you continue to work on marketing, promoting the district through local connections. Talked about staff compensation, which by the way, they did get a raise 4.7%, as well as the administrators in this district has 22 administrators. And all of this I'm saying is the truth. None of it is, it's all fact. I'm not saying anything that's not. To deal with potential budget reductions that might be necessary. As alluded to above, student progress and achievement will also be inserted time and attention directed towards or improvement. Again, signed by the board superintendent. My question on this was, truthfully, that this is just all you get. It's actually discussed by the board in closed session, and that's it. The president makes up the mind of what's going to be written, and then you read it as a board member, and you either agree with it or not, I guess. I'm not sure. So I wrote him a letter, January 16th, 2023, and I'm going to read that to you. Dear Mr. Broren, I received your letter today referencing the, the response to a public records request dated today. The document you sent generated from community feedback provided to the board in 2016, listing all the qualities and characteristics of the next superintendent, is genuinely a super list of wanted qualities. If anyone meets 50% of this list, they have certainly accomplished a ton. As a former board member in Wisconsin, I do realize an evaluation of a superintendent is certainly up to the board he serves at the discretion of that board. As a citizen and taxpayer who pays your salary, as well as the board you serve salary, it has come to my attention through many open records requests that I know you are aware of that many of these qualities and characteristics are not being met. The part that really strikes me is that you as a professional would think that a summary is valid enough from a policy revised in the year 2000. That's when the policy was written for, for the superintendent's evaluation. A policy revised in the year 2000 that you would consider some information gathered in the year 2016 to help find a new superintendent is relevant now. It is 2023. Much has changed. Since you did mention that I served as a former school board member, I will mention in 2006 the criteria and rubric used for a superintendent at the time was based on Wisconsin Association of School Boards. It was extremely detailed. As you are certainly aware, an open records request completed at your former employers was found to have a clear use of an evaluation a rubric so the whole board could make sound, informative suggestions and recommendations as well as kudos. To allow this to fall on the president to interpret each board member who must discuss this openly with all 
well, is almost laughable. Please don't mix this letter as a complaint. I am truly concerned about the direction of WRPS district and the students who are paying the price. The survey sent out to parents, guardians, etc., asking for responses on why people left the district in large numbers. It exposed issues that require immediate action. As this community faces declining enrollment in numbers not seen elsewhere, not obtaining health insurance bids due to not any opportunity really to go to market to get a competitive bid alone is enough to worry taxpayers who pay the majority of this amount. Learning recently that there is no policy for virtual learning when students are not in class due to an ice day or any other reason where they should be receiving classes after having over a year with COVID virtual learning, that alone would call to action a policy for days necessary to teach, learn virtually. These are only a few items I mentioned. These items are extremely important to us. I expect better out of elected officials as well as highly paid administrators. I find that when I look at taking ownership in what I may not do well all the time, I can see clearly what I can accomplish and how to work together to get to the real issue, which is helping our students achieve. Frankly, right now, your summary falls short in steering towards that. Of course, this is my opinion. Again, folks, this is my opinion. I think what best describes it is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Einstein, thank you for your time and consideration. Sincerely, Citizen and Taxpayer, Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. That's kind of what I had to say about superintendent's evaluation system here. And the school board doesn't have one, so I don't really have anything to say about that at this time, except for they should have one. Do enrollment. Let's talk about that. We have declining enrollment here. The numbers that I have here in September of 2019 was 5,880 students and in 2022 was 4,653 students. January 13th, of 2023, so a year and three months, 4632, down 194 students. And at about 14 grand a student, that's a lot of money. But our budget is increasing, which is also interesting. In 2018-19, $63 million was our budget, and our budget in 2021-22 was $71.5 million, which is $8.5 million more. It's not counting all of the money that we received in ESSER funding, which is COVID relief funding. It's supposed to help bring our kids back up to their grade level, which obviously since I'm quoting numbers from 2015-16 that haven't been at grade level for a long time. Obviously, the board is voting for it. It's coming forward, obviously, with recommendations from the administration. I've also, uh, you know, when I've seen like successful schools, and, I, and I'm not trying to down the school. I'm really not. This sounds like it because I have so much information here. It's very frustrating to me to hear someone that is in a high position say that we're disparaging the district. I'm not trying to disparage the district. I really, I'm trying to make it clear that we need to do something about it. We need to own it. We need to say we have issues, we have problems, and let's move forward. Let's try to work together as a whole team, not just us against them kind of mentality. That is not true. I said all along when I met with this group, when I started meeting with this group, that I was in it for the 5,114 students. Well, now it's down to 4,623 students. So there's something going on here and it needs to be worked on and fixed. There's no measurable goals. If you look at it, test scores though, you can evaluate and you get into it deeper because the forward exam, you can get a lot of information from the forward exam. And like I said, we've seen it progressively declining uh, over years, not just one year, not just COVID, 
but for years. It's been going on for a long time. All I did was go back to 2015-16. So there are issues going on and we need to face it. We need to accept it. We need to come out and just openly say it. Part of the problem here is there's no media. This is what started all of this is a friend of mine told me, you know, well, if you want media, then you need to become the media. I have a blog and I have the podcast and there is a Facebook page, Concerned Citizens of Rapids, and hopefully people will take the time to listen to that. I have looked into the policies. There was a question about virtual learning. I wanted to know because I had parents and grandparents. This is the other thing. People reach out. Once they find out that you're you're involved, they reach out to you. Parents and grandparents contacted me and saying, hey, look, my kids are out of school today and all they're doing is nothing. They're not doing any learning. What they're doing is if they're in, let's say, elementary school, maybe they're checking in on their laptop at 10 and 2 or on their iPad and they might have brought a packet home there are some schools that send packets home for kids. The sad part of that is that the parents then have to take care of making sure that the kids do the packets. It's not the teachers. No offense to that happening. There has to be something. The kids are falling behind. So we need to make sure that the teachers are working with the kids, even if it's sending home more reading, something. We've got to do something here. There is no policy in place. There's no district policy for sure, because I did a lot of digging on that, but there is no policy in place. There are expectations. Now, I'm going to give them credit because the curriculum director got together. I did send it to her her to. She got together with the superintendent, maybe administration, and they did talk about putting this on the agenda for the board. They're looking at bringing uh, policy updates forward for the board consideration in the spring of 2023. This is the spring, and I hope that they do that because I it's about the students and about learning. So we'll see what happens there. After having COVID for over a year and doing virtual learning, you would think that there would have been instantly virtual learning policy that when a kid is out of school, hey, this is what you do. You go to this classroom and this is how you're going to learn today. Yet that's not happening. Uh, We talked about having incidences. I really believe that the teachers and the administration there really do care. There are still a lot of incidences going on. This year from September to December of 2022, in Lincoln High School, I did receive records. There were 177 major incidences and there were 2,663 incidences in total. When I say that, that could include truant. It could include late, but it's all kinds of things. It's anything. And some of them are shocking. The ones that are major are shocking. So it's something that needs to be looked at. Behavioral issues and maybe policies in place, updating policies. That I went on the website and I looked at some of the policies and I was really kind of stunned. Many of the policies are very old here. Policies can still work if they're old. I don't have a problem with that. There's a lot of policies are not updated. I mean, a lot's changed in just years and just since COVID happened. If you don't go back and look at the policies and really dig into it, have a ad hoc committee, have parents involved, have students involved, and take a look at the policies, maybe address new policies that could help. And then when you implement the policies, then you have to make sure that the policies are followed. So that's just my thought on policies. Some of the things that I wanted to share with you were some of the responses from parents survey on why they pulled their kids out of the schools here. And honestly, some of of them really shocked me. It's going to read you a couple of things. Unhappy with WRPS schools. Rams is a hellhole. Here's another one. Unhappy with WRPS school. COVID policies, curriculum choices, constant questions of students about personal sexual identity orientation, inconsistent treatment of rules, particularly pertaining to furries, failure to adhere to disabled student IEP during COVID. Several different reasons led to our final decision, the transfer of our children out of WRPS district, being increasing more uncomfortable with societal movements toward normalizing open discussion in K-8 grade schools about sexual preferences, including in books, education, and adjustments to restroom policies, limiting, restricting students and parents and educators' ability, comfort, and discussing or mentoring. Our children's education was disrupted 
on a daily due to one three students in her classroom each year with behavioral issues, specifically outbursts and aggression, which was often unsettling to the students and takes away from the teacher's ability to continue to teach. Concerns regarding the current rate of misconduct and bullying. Heard about behavior concerns at Rams and wanted to avoid that. 22 of them said Rams issues and reputation for bullying, fighting, aggression, drugs, negative, toxic school culture climate. 13. Bullying is out of control and not taken seriously. Students do not feel safe and parents receive no help. Reputation of Rams is poor. COVID protocols, masking that made no sense. Let parents decide. Poor academics and performance at WRPF. Curriculum choices. Constant questions of students about sexual orientation. Inconsistent treatment of rules. Struggling kids do not get enough support from teachers. Parents not allowed to enter the school. Child safety concerns. Unqualified principals. Severe lack of communication between parents and school administrators, lack of communication, cooperation from the schools, too many distractions, environment wasn't good for their two elementary children, masking children with speech concerns was extremely detrimental to the forward development, out-of-touch school board, pretty shocking, um, very, very disturbing when you read some of these. When my daughter moved from Rapids to the current district she's in, she was so far behind in everything due to teaching. My seventh grader was at fifth grade academic level going to seventh grade and not one teacher reached out to us parents to tell us what we could do to help her in to catch up. The response I got from the teachers was she's a delightful kid with no behavior issues. If folks want to see any information too, they can always go to the Concerned Citizens of Rapids Facebook page. Accountability. Accountability means being answerable for your actions and decisions. If you were made responsible for something or you yourself promised to achieve certain outcomes, you can carry and should be able held accountable for them. Here's a question for every school board member. How many times between school board meetings do you spend on researching the district? How many of you have pulled data from the DPI to look at scores over a long period of time? Did any of you know we had 10 straight years of failing test scores? accountability. How many times do you look at the policies to see if they are relevant to today? Do you know that we have policies on staff political activities that have not been looked at since 1974? Do you think the political atmosphere today might be a little different than it was in 1974? After reading the strategic plan, it seems to be missing the number one thing that begins a strategic plan, and that is being a vision, a mission, and smart goals. Do you know what those are? Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and the most important time bound. Finally, what are district core values? I know some of the schools have their own core values. We're going to talk about all the ESSER money that came into the school here, the school district in Wisconsin Rapids. 7082465 There's still 3788000 unallocated currently. Some of the money went for preparedness in response to long-term school closure, which kind of, when you look at it now, well... <laughs> That was money not well spent. They will hire some reading specialists or something to help with uh, getting the kids up to date on everything they should be up to date on. But if you want more information on that, you can certainly go to the Facebook page. There is a page, There is a website that you can go to. It says K-12 COVID Relief. How much has been spent in your district? You can click on it and look at your own district. It gives you a lot of information. When the fundraiser was sent out to parents, grandparents, and community, they were asked to donate for supplemental materials for classrooms. I basically was looking to see what they were looking for. And what we received back was that they were going to buy some books and things like that. And so then we started looking at, well, what books and what what apps? Because we don't know what they're downloading onto these. And I just was looking into that. The school only gets to keep 40% of the sales. 
And I was a little surprised by that. If you're going to do a fundraiser, let's make it a good fundraiser. And if I'm going to donate, I would like to drive, if I want to give the school $100, I want to drive over there and give them $100. I'm not going to do it by buying some books when I don't know for sure if they're going to get all of that money. They only got to keep 40% of it. So they got $40 out of the 100, as I state my opinion many times on my podcast, which I'm allowed to do. Something we haven't talked about much here is... Uh, advanced placement classes, AP classes, and our kids are falling through the cracks on that. Uh, we did do some research on that. We asked of 2017-18 classes, the number of students who took AP classes, and then the number of students in 2022-23 who are taking classes. Some of them were offered virtual now because only one kid signed up for those. Total of kids in 2017-18 were 355 that took AP classes. 2022-23, the number of students were 212. AP, 2015-16, there were 423 students that were in various classes. 2022-23, there were 209 in various classes. So then we asked, how many of these kids have passed or taken the test? They, you get credit for the course when you get a three. Then on the AP, I, I see we're failing our kids in our district on AP classes too. And that's unfortunate because they do fall through the cracks and that becomes a difficult. It does sound like I'm really trying to tear down the district. I'm not trying to tear down the district. What I want is I want people to say, okay, we do have problems. We have issues and we need to go forward and we need to fix those issues. That's what I'm looking for. A few things I'm going to bring up now are there is an election coming on April 4th. There are two candidates. I'm going to talk a little bit about the four candidates that are running. There are two candidates running that have been involved in the school for quite a while. And I think that that's part of what all this is about. They need to take ownership for much of what has happened, except the responsibility. I'm going to read my blog. I posted it on March the 10th. On April 4th, I will proudly cast my vote for school board candidates Mike Deary and Chris Inda. There are many reasons why. I will begin with the facts that the WRPS district is in need of real change. It shows in the data, the test scores, the issues facing the district. I still find it hard to believe that a $49 million referendum passed for this district, much of it for the athletic fields, turf, question mark, because I do question that. It passed during the year of 2020. The kids were not even in school at the time. That is unbelievable. It is my tax bill up. I moved here in June of 2020. I filled out the survey stating, no, no referendum should even be brought before voters while children are not even in schools. They agree to disagree with me on the referendum. That's fine. I see no reason to build larger fields with fake grass, thinking that that's going to bring big money to Rapids. It just makes no sense to me. With declining enrollment happening here in Rapids, we are headed for a cliff of financial burdens that is not like something seen here before. It will be shocking to the staff as they start getting laid off. Do you think administrators will be thinned out? Good question. At this time, there's 22 administrators in the district. Many of them are paid much higher than other areas. The sad fact is recently the school board voted to give all administrators a 4.7% increase. Our superintendent here is the fifth highest paid in the state. I want to make it clear I'm not against paying people a good or even great salary if they are accomplishing what the job entails, reaching for the goals and making every effort to keep students on track to what their potential can be. Here we are failing our kids. It's unacceptable and unsustainable. The culprits are leadership, lack thereof. They need to be doing what is right for all students, keeping them safe as well as the staff. Have you seen the incident reports here in Rapids? I have. It's appalling. Again, paying someone for a job not done and paying them big bucks is not what I would call an accomplishment. Incidents in Rams as well as the Lincoln High School are over the top. Major incidences are up and very scary. Many students are afraid to go to the restroom by themselves. This is unacceptable. The test scores have been on a decline for many years here. COVID did not cause this. 
The data collected goes back to 2015-16, actually the first year that the new superintendent was hired, I think was 2016. Something to keep in mind is the fact that one candidate, Kathy Stubbins-Hintz, was the curriculum director here in the district for many years. She actually is highly educated and was highly paid, yet continuously chose the wrong curriculum for the students here in Rapids. She recently, at a meet and greet event, stated she feels the district is doing fine and is satisfied with the status quo. Well, the status quo is our third graders cannot read a grade level. About 70% are not reading on the third grade level. That is status quo. Has been for many years. Back in 2015-16, it was at least 40% of the third graders. Back in 2015, it was at least 40% of the third graders were leading, reading, were reading at grade level. So 60% were not. That has increased. Why? Leadership has failed and failed miserably. Kathy Stebbins hence was part of that leadership. She bears the scar due to curriculum choices. She now wants to serve on the school board. Why? I cannot, answer, I cannot answer that. If she is elected, the kids will pay the price. She collects her retirement and continues to punish the district with choices she made during her tenure. I will share that the last evaluation completed on Ms. Hentz was dated March 2015. She retired in January of 2020. For five years, she did not get evaluated at all. That is a failure. On another note, Kathy Stebbins Hintz was the Assistant Director of Curriculum and Instruction beginning in 1998. With results from test scores that showed the decline year after year, it's unacceptable. Now, she probably felt like she was doing a good job when you're not told you're not. You can look at measurable results by looking at test scores. When you do look at that and you see it's declining over years, then maybe you need to change what you're doing. Look at the curriculum. I know that she brought the Lucy Calkins reading curriculum here, which has been a failure. It's been shown to be. You can look it up. She brought a math curriculum here that the teachers did not want to teach. And it was a failure. Listen, get together, have people talk. Let's try to work together. And part of this is electing the right people. Insanity. Keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Nope, it stays the same. My hope for the kids in the future here is that the voters will open their eyes and see change is the only way to move this district forward. Now for school board president John Krings. He has lacked in leadership as well. What I have witnessed is failed leadership. I watched him do his interview for the League of Women Voters. It's a video that was released recently. He read his answers. He has been the school board president here in Rapids for years. He actually sat with notes in his hands and read his answers like a robot. Failure. No mission or vision for this district. No smart goals. The strategic plan they work from is from 2011. Do you know how much has changed since 2011? What they do is they cross out what they have ob obtained, the goals they've met. There is way too much to even put on here. Have you looked at the policies in the district? Really, gone into the WRPS.org website and looked at the school board policies. If you have not, you should. Failure. Most of the policies posted are old. Should a policy be renewed, updated, revised, or left alone? Well, it depends. If they are old, like 1974, then yes, they should be screened to make sure they are viable. The world has changed a whole lot in the last four years. So over the last 49 years, there have been major changes. Failure in evaluation for the superintendent. This is completed by John Krings, the president of the board. Failure to this district. Seems WRPS district school board feels that Krings alone can sit down with the school board and listen to their words and interpret what they say, put it into a letter form as a summary and present it to the superintendent who in turn gets a love letter put in his file. I call it a love letter. My opinion on my blog. Failure. A correct form of evaluation is completed in most school districts with a rubric criteria that the school board can complete, share together to come up with a real evaluation that is fair and complete. But when I was in the working world, my evaluations were not love letters. They were fair criticism as well as support for what I had completed during my job. I recently had the opportunity to go over questions that were sent to candidates running for school board and ran across the answers sent in by Mr. Krings. These questions were sent by the WREA 
the teachers union. Quick note here, Miss Hint's answers were five pages long and the other candidates were max two. One of them went a couple sentences over two pages. Mr. Krings addressed the fact that politics should never come into play in regards to public school education. Yet, I have witnessed him play politics better than most. Just by mentioning the fact that he is past president of the United Steelworkers Union, mentoring and blaming constraints of Act 10 is epitome of political. He has also been questioned about wearing t-shirt to school board meetings where he was aware he would be handing out awards. He looked very unprofessional. I don't really know Mr. Krings well. What I do know is not something that gives me the feeling that he is a leader in the school board president position. Failure. Mr. Krings was appointed to the school board position in 2007. One of the answers to his question back in 2017 when he ran was, the question was, what do you want to accomplish if elected? To continue helping all staff and students in any way that I can be successful while still being a good steward of spending tax dollars. Well, if that was the case, Mr. Krings, I think you failed there too because we passed a big referendum which made everyone's taxes go up. And everyone has the right to choose who they want to vote for and make the right decision. You'll look into every single candidate that's what I've done. I've looked at the school. I've looked into all the information that I possibly can. Hopefully some new members on there that will fight for what needs to be fought for. You're choosing the right candidate for the children. The facts are that this school district is on a downward spiral, declining enrollment at larger numbers than any district around us declining test scores over many years, increase in behavioral problems, a school board that has been around for 16 to 20 years plus. In my eyes, I see a rubber stamp. That's not good. I served on a school board in Wisconsin. Were there issues? Yes, everywhere there are. But you have to accept the responsibility if you're failing. As an elected official, you have to take responsibility because you will fail the students, you'll fail the district, you'll fail the taxpayers, you'll fail everyone. And here it's out of control and it needs to change. We need a vision, a mission statement that is obtainable, smart goals that are reachable. We need to move this district in a different direction. Please pay attention. My thoughts are, we have no media here. I have become a civilian journalist. Never planned to do that. To bring these items to the forefront, to let you know what has been going on here, I am looking for accountability. I'm looking for the superintendent and the school board members to stand up to the community and say, we have a lot of issues to deal with here and we need to do it together. The community needs to be involved. We need your help. Parents, groups, come together. Maybe offer us a a meeting. Let us sit down as our little group meets. But many people are afraid to do that. I am not. This has been going on for a long time, something that's unacceptable. Make sure you're informed. Ask questions. Find the answers. Share them. Our students are too important to give up on. The superintendent and the school board president are responsible to you, the taxpayer, you, the parent, you, the grandparent, and so on. Help us make change for the kids' sake. Thank you, and I hope you will share the information information. I hope you'll share the podcast. I did write something to the school board members too. I wanted to read this because I think it is important. The eight characteristics of an effective school board. One, effective school boards commit to a vision of high expectations for student achievement and quality instruction and and define clear goals toward that vision. Two, effective school boards have strong shared beliefs and values about what is possible for students and their ability to learn and of the system and its ability to teach all children at high levels. Three, effective school boards are accountability driven, spending less time on operational issues and more time focused on policies to improve student achievement. Four, effective school boards have a collaborative relationship with staff and community and establish a strong communication structure to inform and engage both internal and external stakeholders in setting and achieving district goals. Five, effective boards are data savvy. They embrace and monitor data, even when the information is negative and use it to drive continuous improvement. Six, effective school boards align and sustain resources, such as professional development, 
to meet district goals. Seven, effective school boards lead as a united team with superintendent each from their respective roles. These are fantastic goals. We can all work together to achieve them. There's a lot of history here. I understand that and I respect it. There's reasons for changes. Sometimes it's the best thing in the world is to open up a new can. I hope that people will listen. And I thank you so much for being willing to take the time to listen to me today. I wanted to make sure that I got this out because I think it's just that important. I hope you have a great day. I hope you will make the April 4th election that I will be casting my vote proudly for a Supreme Court for Justice Dan Kelly. Thank you so much for listening to The Sherlin Shirley Show. (laughs) 